0: Jesus, we just thank you once again this morning. Thank you, Father. We come to you in the name of Jesus. How great thou art, O Lord. Yes, truly. Truly, there is none like you. There is no God like our God. Under earth, on the earth, under the sky, there is no no God. Like our God. Forever, O Lord, your throne is established in the heavens. Forever. Yes, Lord, your kingdom rules over all. You're sovereign. Many kings may wear a crown, but you reign. You reign, Lord. You reign. You reign, O Lord. And this morning, we want to come once again to your presence in the name of Jesus, through the body and the blood of your son. To the throne room of grace. That you have made possible for us. By the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. That we could obtain mercy. And grace. Especially during this time of need. Oh Lord, we need you. Yes Lord, we need you. And Lord, I confess oh Lord. And that I am absolutely Inadequate, O Lord, to be even to even proclaim your word, Father, but you chose me and this morning I just want to humble myself. I want to pray, I pray, Lord Jesus, that Lord, even as we meditate upon your word, even as we study your word, grant us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Not the thoughts of man, not my thoughts, Lord, but your thoughts. For your ways are not our ways, your thoughts are not our thoughts. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would, Lord, truly grant us revelation this morning and the understanding of, of the times that we are in so that we will be prepared. To that end, I pray, Lord Jesus, that even as we meditate upon your words, speak to our hearts, anoint us, speak to our hearts and prepare us, continue to prepare us, Father, and use us in the days to come for your glory. We praise you, we worship you, for in Jesus' name, amen. The Lord is speaking to all of us. Amen. And everything that we have learned over the years. I'm telling you honestly, I'm excited because the Bible has never truly come alive for me more than these days. No, It's unbelievable. No? It's like all the things that I've learned, especially after having come to our church for the, the past 12 years, everything is becoming relevant. At least uh, to a greater degree. It wasn't already relevant, it is... Getting more and more clearer even as I, you know, look at the, the things that are around and uh, see how things have changed, no? All the nations have forgotten God. Truly, no? Are, they're saying 2020 Olympics. No, they're saying 2021 will conduct, we'll still call it 2020 Olympics. And they have already planned for 2024 Paris, 2028 Los Angeles, They've already planned. You see, how how hardened man is. They never factor in God. They think that things will go on as usual. It's just an aberration. But God is speaking to all of us. He's blowing the trumpet, right? And woe to those who are ease in Zion. I'm telling you, honestly, it is not so much for the world because the world cannot understand. It is only we as a children of God have a perspective. Nobody else has any clue as to what is going on around the world. They can explain it off as a virus, but you know, this is something else. God is screaming for our attention and particularly the attention of his people. Proverbs chapter 19, look at verse 21. Look at what it says. Proverbs chapter 19. When I look at all these plans that people make, you know, there are many plans in a man's heart. There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel Will stand. You know, the another, another translation, you don't have to turn there. It says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose which will prevail. The Lord's purpose which will prevail. Okay. And that's exactly what is happening. You said, you said you made a lot of plans, right? You plan to go here. You plan to go there. You plan to do this. You plan to do that. Planned, and I shut in everything. My purposes. is, I hope we as a church will understand his purpose and we will align ourselves with his purpose even as we meditate upon his word and why is this happening and these are all i believe these are not these are redemptive judgments it's like you know uh birth pangs okay so we need to be prepared because the day, that day is approaching and it's very 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 uh, near to us and first peter chapter 4 let us read from verses 17 to verse 19 first peter chapter 4 Verse 17 to verse 19, it says, For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. It starts here. Starts with us. It is not just a house as a church, but individually and as also a corporate church. God is selling. You know, it's time for us to start shutting down everything and begin to examine our own hearts, because we are the house of God. We are the temple of the living God, and we are also together the body of Christ, the temple of the living God. We are the church of the living God. We, should, we are supposed to be the pillar and the ground of truth. What has happened to us? Are we really truly the pillars of pillars and the ground of truth? Are we truly truly acknowledging that the fact that we were supposed to be the light to this world. Are we really judging our hearts? We believe and we trust and we b- behave as if we are the sons of the living God, continue to judge ourselves. And these are all redemptive. They are not, they are not, uh, they are not judgments which God is saying, I'm going to send it and I'm going to destroy. You know, they're all, these are all redemptive, not destructive, but redemptive judgments. Thank God for His timing. And He says, um, He says the judgment to begin with the house of God and if it begins with us first, so this is it, this is it. What will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? And verse 18, now if the righteous one is scarcely saved, what will happen to the ungodly and the sinner? Where will be the, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Therefore let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to Him in doing good as to a faithful creator. So see, that's of course a quotation from Proverbs chapter eleven verse thirty-one. Uh, he says, "Righteous will be scarcely saved." I mean, in other words, the righteous will be. Look at Proverbs eleven thirty-one to understand what it means. You know Proverbs eleven thirty-one. Look at what it says. It says, uh, "If the righteous will be recompensed on the earth, how much more the ungodly and the sinner?" And God is doing it. He's 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 he's, uh, he's disciplining us, and he's um, redeeming us. He is he's, he's sending judgments to. They're redemptive to bring us back to Him. Okay, so don't 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 lose heart. Thank God He's sending these uh, judgments into our lives so that we can uh, take notice. And He's screaming. Okay, look at what it says. Uh, Let's let's turn to Amos Amos chapter three today this morning, and let us read from verses one to eight. Amos chapter three, verse one to eight. Hear this word: The Lord has spoken against you, O children of Israel. Against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt. That's exactly how God introduces himself. I brought you out of the land of Egypt. And if you look at, you, you just do a search, no? If you, if you have, we have some incredible Bible apps these days, just put in quotes, I am the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And you'll see an incredible lesson that you will learn. And God says, I am the one who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Don't have any other gods other than me. I am the one who has brought you out of the land of Egypt. Be a holy and a separated people unto me. Okay, so many things we learn. And he's reminding us. So how do we as a church apply to ourselves? We are the people for whom Jesus Christ died. We believe that. We are the people who have accepted him as a Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ is the Lord who died for the whole world, for the sins of the whole world. Not only our sins, but the sin of the whole world. and But we believed it. And we came under the blood of the Lamb. And we accepted the fact that he was the one who we were the we were we were supposed to be the people who should have died in his place, but we have accepted by faith the work of Jesus on the cross. And he says, "Yes, he's bringing us back to that." And he's and let's let's read on. Verse two: You only have I known of all the families of the earth; therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. Let's just stop there. We'll come back to Amos chapter three. Because I have known you of all the families of the earth, I'm gonna bless you. No, <laughs> look at the contrast. <laughs> because I have known you from all the families of the earth, I'm gonna comfort you, I'm gonna encourage you, I'm gonna to... all that is fine. But because I have known you of all the families of the earth, what am I gonna do? Punish you for your iniquities. You know, when I read that, you know, some people some people say you no. Know, uh, my God is not like that. Scripture clearly says, consider the goodness and the severity of God. Knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Okay. Okay, I nobody can pluck you out of my hand. Scripture also says, if you can, do not continue believing, I will... Cut you off. So I am not, see, I am not a person who's gonna make a doctrine out of one verse and just run with with it. No, I'm gonna read the scripture completely. It is written, nobody can pluck me out of the, out of God's hand. It is also written, what? If I, if I'm once enlightened, and if I keep on sinning, there shall be no more sacrifice for sins. I read all. I mean, I'm going to read the whole counsel of God. I'm just not going to read one part and make a doctrine out of it and say one saved always. I'm not going to read that that way. Sorry, please don't put words into my mouth. I'm just want to read the Bible. I'm not questioning anybody's doctrine, but I am not uh, from Bible college. So I only read the scripture and I've studied the Bible for myself. And I've been taught this way to read. Bible. That means you have to read it holistically. Don't just read it one part and just go and run with it. And don't say, okay, my God will not do this. He's a good God. Yeah, because he's a good God. So he will punish. No, this word punish, you know, sometimes when you look at it, we look. Who likes punishment? Nobody likes punishment. Everybody wants to run out of, run for their life. So what does it mean when you look at this word punish? What do you get? You no, know, and I, 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 as I said, I, I like to delve into words a little more. When I read this word punish, punish comes from the Hebrew word pakad. Pakad. Hindi mein pakad liya. pakad liya. Now, what does it actually mean? It has several connotations, but I would just want to look at three. Of course, first is the word punish, which you can think punish mulato danda leke marna. Second, I will pay attention to you. I will visit you what will I do I will pay attention to you I will visit you turn to Genesis chapter 21 verse 1 to get an idea as to what is going on over here and the Lord what visited Sarah that is what the word pakad means Punish. did the Lord punish Sarah no 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 he came to Sarah and he completed her I am ok Okay, see, I visited. Mean, I came to Sarah, and I want to complete her. I want to see something. What is missing in Sarah? And what was Sarah before uh, she was Sarah? She was Sarai. Mm. Was what was Abraham before he was Abraham? He was Avram. What does Avram means? Father of, exalted father. Abraham means the father of many nations. You know what? There is uh, the, the, there's a alphabet called uh, Hey in the Bible. Okay, Aleph I, I mean, the Hebrew Bible. Hebrew alphabet has twenty two alphabets. Aleph Beth Gimel Daleth Hey. Hey is the fifth word. Hey means breathing. Okay, it's a, it's a it's a very interesting thing. You know, it's got a gap. It's got a window from which God breathes. So God breathed into Abraham. Abraham was absolutely dead. He could not do anything to create something of God in his life. Sarah was, the, the, her, her womb was dead. The deadness of Sarah, Sarah's womb, right? He could not, she could not produce anything which is of eternal value. She was absolutely dead. And Jesus says, we were all dead in our trespasses. And what does God do? He comes to Abraham and he changes his name and he says, Abraham, I'm going to breathe my spirit into you and I'm going to change your destiny. Sarai. I'm going to breathe Hey, into you. I'm going to make you Sarah, And I'm going to change your destiny. I'm going to visit you. And I'm going to complete that which is lacking inside of you. That is what punishment means. Do, now, do we like the word punish? There's something lacking in all of our lives. You know. What is it? I want to pay attention to you. And I want to fill the gaps. You know. In your life. No. See. You know. This is my daughter's math pace. Okay? For all of you. (laughs) Now, of all the subjects that she does, the first subject I pick up is not English, not creative writing. Bible reading, she is doing it. Okay? The one thing that I pick up is her math. Okay? She says, Papa, I got 100. I'm not really satisfied. So you know what I do? I go through a pace. What am I doing now? Paying attention. I yes, said, so many mistakes in this page. What happened? Oh, you have a problem with word problems. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, what I'm going to do is, this is what I did yesterday when I went, <laughs> went home. For the 20 half an hour, the fellowship that I had with the family, I took the math phase out. Okay. Okay, she hates me for that. Sorry, baby. Okay, but, see, Papa, this is only a silly mistake. I said, calculation error. I said, Papa, calculation error is a bad habit. Bad habit. I told you, right? Habits die hard. If you take off H, from habit, you have bit. If you take off A, you have BIT. You take off B, It that has to be completely so what I do I pay careful attention now in this place of course she's got 90 out of 100 not acceptable of course then I went to every page I went through a checkup I said checkup you got 95 out of 100 that should have been a red flag that means you're not thorough What am I doing? I am visiting her and I am paying attention attention to her and I am... What am I doing? I am punishing her for her iniquities. What are iniquities? Not equity, inequity. (laughs) Which is something which is not equal in our life. This is what math requires and this is where you are. I am bringing you up to step. You understand what I am talking about? You see? What an amazing God we have. <laughs> See, I being an evil father can pay attention to every page in our math. How much more my father in heaven will pay attention to every detail in my life. I'm interested. I, I say, what is this over here? You didn't understand probability. Oh my goodness. What is going on? You didn't understand what dozen is? Uh Uh-oh, dozen is 12. I'm going through every detail. Even a zero is important for me. The zero in the right place. Uh, Zero has no value. Nonsense. It has a lot of value. Oh boy. It's very, very important for me. What am I doing? I am closely watching every detail in her life. And she thinks it is what? Dad, you're punishing me. That's what she feels. But you know what I'm saying? I'm paying attention to her. You know, a lot of people, they want attention, attention, attention. They want God's attention. They don't know what they're asking for. Attention seekers. You want God's attention? (laughs) Baba. And so he's saying to all of us as a church, all of us as a church, he's saying, my dear brothers and sisters, I'm not my brother, Jesus is saying, my dear brothers and sisters. And God is saying, my children, I want to come and visit you. I want to see what is incomplete in your life, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So, what is the pass mark to enter into heaven? Ah, hundred. Sorry, you know, thirty fold, sixty four, hundred fold. But you know what? What the same parable in Luke's gospel will say? How many fold? Hundred. You understand? So punishment? Don't think just punishment. Bolo to, muje maar hai. Nay, 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 Attention pay kar hai. He is paying attention to every detail in your life and every minute detail. See, that is a God. That's the reason why he says God says you build a tabernacle. Okay. And build a tabernacle according to my specifications. And he gives the specifications to the T. And he says, Moses, I'm giving you all this blueprint. And you should find some people who will who will build it. Okay, who will make this tabernacle. He chooses a man from the tribe of Judah. His name is Bethsalel. You know what Bethsalel means? The person who is hidden under God. That's what it means. From the tribe of Judah. And he is going to build the tabernacle. I am going to fill him with the Holy Spirit and wisdom. And I have given you the blueprint. And he is going to build the tabernacle exactly to the specifications that I have given. Because I want to come and dwell among you. And I am what kind of a God? Perfect God. So I don't want to see inequities in your life. I can't to- tolerate them. It is a small thing God. Uh, 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 no, 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 no. That is a small sin, no? You know, I'll tell you something. Some sense in the world he might let people go. But in in his children, even the minute detail is important to God. My dear brothers and sisters, that is my God. If you have any other God, I don't know who which God you're worshiping. Oh, we are already clothed in the righteousness of Jesus I'm already complete. Ah, 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 ah. Sorry. You see, you're only taking one part. As I said, you are only taking one part of scripture. And this also says, the bride has made herself, her garments ready with, I mean, she has done it, no? She has she has knit her garments. What are these garments? The righteous acts of the saints. Purge out the old leaven inside of you, so that you may be uh, made a new lump, as you are truly are. That is the truth. You are already a new lump. In the sight of God, but purge out the old leaven, which is inside of you. Purge it out. Not to, Oh, small little leaven. All. One leaven is enough to leaven the whole lump. You just keep that one sin, it is enough. And therefore, God is coming. And therefore, he's giving us this time. Why is he giving us this time? You know, God, God David says, Lord, search me and try me. Seek me and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me into the paths of what? everlasting life you see this is very important for us to understand so therefore don't have this negative connotation about for, about uh, about punishment punishment means god is paying attention to us and is giving attention you know what he says i want to pay attention to you you fellows are always running you know, it's like, you know, one, it's like, I want to teach you math, Abigail. I want to teach you math. Dad, I want to go for, for, for this coaching, tennis coaching. I want to teach you math. Dad, I want to go for music class. Dad, I want to, I want to teach you math. Dad, I want to go to this class. I want to go visit this friend. I want to visit that friend. You have all these applications, right? I want to teach you math. Dad, I'm not available because I've got so many other things to do. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to shut down everything now. So that I can teach you math. Why? Because I want to pay attention to you, my dear brothers and sisters. He says that's what he's telling all of us. I want to give my attention to you. And can you imagine? So many of us, right? If you have an excellent music teacher, to employ him, how much you have to pay? You have to pay through your nose, right? Why? Because if he's giving you time, he and and some some people, some musicians are hard task masters. The, the way you. Play the piano, The first of all the posture, they will look at the posture. You know, in my home, when people, especially when I, my children when they're studying, I don't know about other children, I'll talk, I'll come to that later on. When my children are studying, their posture is very important to me. You know, Emanuela has this habit. I said, what is that shit sitting first? Get up! Sit properly. Oh no, let, let's do it now. First, the posture is important. If you incline your ear, my, your posture is important, don't be obtuse. Of two angles. Indifferent. Inclined. So God is His what is what is He? Do? He's asking for our attention so that He can give His attention to us. Posture is important. So we need to be ready for that. Therefore, He's shutting us everything, shutting down everything, and says, Give me your ear. So that I can. Attend to you. What an awesome God. See, we pay through our nose for all these fellows who promise, or if you come, send your child to Narayana, guarantee seat, jayi. I mean, we and the GTC will not give you any such guarantee. But if you come in, <laughs> come into our school of learning, the probability for you to enter into heaven is high. That's what every every coaching center will say. No? If you come to our coaching center and if you all follow all the guidelines, if you do your homework, if you do add, 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 all these things, the probability of you getting into IIT is very, very high. Why? Because we will have tutors, we will have teachers, we will have all kinds of people who will give attention to your child. And what do we do? We pay through our nose. But when God says, my attention is free of cost. I just want your time. Of course, that is the price that we need to pay. Pay. There's no easy, no, this actually see salvation, as they say, is free, but discipleship, you have to pay the price. You have to count the cost. You want God's attention? See, that's the reason why he never gave the crowds anything. Parable of the sower. Da, 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 da. Some fell on this ground, some fell on that ground, some fell on this ground. The birds of the air came, the the, the thorns uh, did this, and some had harvest. He who has ears to hear, let him hear, gone. And then the disciples come to me and say, what's up with that? What was that? Let me explain. You give attention to me, I will give attention to you. But you know, what is God doing now? He's giving us opportunities to choose Him. But will we choose him? Is a question. First question is that. Therefore, don't get um, don't get worried with the word punish. Okay, punish is good according to the Bible. Biblical punishment is good. What does it achieve? Is a question. First, it reiterates his love for us. What does it do? It reiterates his love for us. Turn to Psalm. 89 verses 30 to 34. It's a beautiful psalm, which is like uh, by Ethan the Ezraite, who is singing. I mean, he's, uh, he's remembering the covenant that God made with David. Okay, look at what it says from Psalm 89 verses 30 to 34. If his sons, that is David's sons, forsake my law and do not walk in my judgments, if they break my statutes and do not keep my commandments, then I will punish their transgression with the rod, and their iniquity with stripes. Verse 33, Nevertheless, my loving kindness, I will not utterly take away from him, nor allow my faithfulness to fail, and then my covenant I will not break, nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. What an awesome God. He's saying, you know what? I love you so much. I want you to get 100. You know, when sometimes uh, my my wife is very tough in our corrections, okay? Especially when it comes to her children, she is even more tough. Uh, I go through her exam, no? Abhi exam. I go through her math pace and I said, Abhi, small calculation error, re. And she doesn't know. I mean, uh, why am I so worried? Because I'm just not looking at her probability exam here. I'm looking at her if she gets into this college <laughs> already, you know. What will happen if she doesn't get her foundation right over here? It's a small error. You know it. Why did you not do it? Jess, she knows the concept, Jess. I don't care. You know, some teachers are like that. I mean, Not Jess. Jess is also teach, trying to teach Abigail, okay? No, but you know, what? I I want her. I mean, if you would have done this, you would have got 100. The joy of getting 100. You know, sometimes you need to know the joy of success. Okay. And God gives us those joys. Anyway, so you could have got it. I want to help you. And then I do a lot of things. I shout at her and I scold her. Why? Because I want to get 100. What to get 100? Want her to get 100? Because I love her. She's my daughter. Why? Second thing, so it reiterates God's love for her. And one thing, once we are God's children, nothing can change that. Abigail is my daughter. She is my child. She can deny that she is my child. But the fact remains that she is my child. You see, I can't stop being a father to her. I love her. So I'm concerned. And most of the times when you're concerned about your somebody, you get angry with them, right? Okay. When your child gets hurt, first thing is what? Oh, not careful. This irritation comes. It's good. It's a good sign. Anger is not always wrong. Your child. First, reiterates God's love. Second, Proverbs chapter 22 verse 15. Okay. Look at this. (laughs) Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. Boy. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. You know what? We are actually fools. We are foolish people. We are not wise. We don't take wise decisions. We think that we make wise decisions. See, smartness does not necessarily mean that you are wise. A lot of smart people are fools, eternally. Smart, you are really smart and really wise if you factor in eternity. If you are able to see the unseen, as like the way yesterday Pastor was encouraging and exhorting us, he they saw the unseen. I mean, they saw the scene. There's a there's a reality there. Okay. So, and we are all foolish. There is foolishness, how many of you think that you are very wise? None of us. you thought we knew everything, not we don't know anything. you know that's what happens when i i', I taught in the university for a long time when I mean, a long time meaning eight years, I taught in the university. you know all these guys who come to my university they are all like the cream layer no they're just like the top thousand ranks and fifteen hundred ranks all very. Smart kids, no? But the problem is that they think that they know everything. And they come to university, the first thing I dispel all their preconceived notions about university. Why do where do they come from? They come from people where, where from universities and I mean from colleges and schools where they are pin pampered and spoon-fed and everything, no? And they come to university and I look at them and I say, nahi chalega. What is the syllabus? Whatever comes out of my mouth, you are accountable. What I speak in the last class, in the last minute, in the last second, also is a part of the syllabus. And th- th- you should see, the first year they think that they know everything. They come to university, they are at this level, engineering are, is at this level, and there is a huge gap that has to be, there is a huge gap. And after the first quiz and the first midterm or the first assignment, then they know, they realize, everything comes to normal level. Then they will know, I thought I was a tope. I thought I was a mega pond. I am nothing. I am a fool. What? One test was sufficient. To dispel all false notions about your life. So that is exactly the reason why. You know what? God has to expose our foolishness. And then you know what he does? He does. He takes the rod of his. We First of all, to dispel all false notions about ourselves. God allows situations into our life. And then he disciplines us. Okay. The rod of discipline drives it. Foolishness is... That is what Telugu's translation is. By, by default, every baby is a murkha. In other words, a fool. <laughs> by default. That's the default setting. So he needs to discipline us to take away foolishness. From where? Heart. You think, see this, ultimately it is our heart problem. See, the heart has several desires. Wisdom is in the, not here, it is here. Knowledge is here, wisdom is here. Knowledge is in the mind, wisdom is in the heart. And that's the reason why it's, wisdom has built our house. Knowledge furnishes the house. What did I say? I didn't say that, Proverbs says that. Okay. Wisdom builds the house, knowledge furnishes the house. What is the whole point in buying furniture from Ikea and you don't have a house to put it? All is lying on the door. best bed, the best mattress, the best dressing table, all the tables you bought and you put it outside on your portico. Why? Because you don't have a house to put, the, to put the furniture. Your interior decoration. Wisdom is in the heart. That is the reason why, you know what Solomon asked, give your son a wise and an understanding heart. The heart is important. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Then comes the mind. If the heart is not rare, your affections, your, the core being should desire God. Second Thessalonians 3.5 once again. What it says? Come back. Second Thessalonians 3.5. Second Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 5. We looked at it. Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of christ so first it reiterates god's love punishment okay rod of discipline reiterates god's love. second it drives foolishness from our heart it shows us truly where our affections are where your treasure is there your heart is what do we truly treasure what do we truly desire we think that we may be desiring god maybe we may be desiring something else that foolishness he has to take third It shows, again, that God, if He doesn't discipline us, look at what it says again, oh no? Proverbs chapter 20 verse 30. Blows that hurt cleanse away evil, as do stripes the inner depths of the heart. You see that? Again, God is after your So what is he doing? He'll cleanse. This is, so he's got, uh, it's got what? He's reiterating our love, he's driving our foolishness, and he's cleansing deep. That is the reason why David says, you desire, you don't have to turn that, you desire truth where? In my inward parts, and in my inward parts you make me to know what? Wisdom. It's the one which is inside that is important. Cleansing our hands, like Pastor was telling all, all of us. Cleansing our hands is important. But what goes into our mouth does not defile a man. What comes out of a mouth comes from where? From the heart. For out of the mouth, out of the heart comes what? Fornication, thefts, adulteries, all kinds of things comes from the heart. And I am out after your heart. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. Keep your heart. With all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. The heart is a central part of your being. The core being. That is where cleansing is important. So Proverbs chapter 20 verse 30 will say. Lashes and wounds. My, my translation. Uh, Lashes and wounds. scur evil. Cleanse away evil. And as do stripes the inward parts. It shows us the inward parts. Turn with me to uh, Hebrews chapter 4 please. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. <clears throat> Let me show you. <clears throat> verse. Hebrews chapter 4. And verse. Uh, am, I, am I doing the right thing? Yes. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4. Yeah. Verse 12 to 13. Sorry. (laughs) Suddenly I missed that. 12 to 13. For the word of the Lord is. First. Everybody say living. Living. Second. Powerful. Then sharper than any double-edged sword. Piercing seeing the division of the soul and the spirit. See, that is, that is what Pastor was talking about. There is something in the first level. There is something in the second level. And there is something in the third level. And what is important for us to be cleansed in the soul. So that we can start discerning the things of the spirit. Which is in the third level. Revelation is in the third level. Therefore, he who worships God must worship in the spirit and in truth. It comes from the spirit first and soul next. Division of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. It is the discerner of the thoughts and the intentions of our heart. Cleansing. The word of God cleanses, right? That's what we see. The washing of the water by the word of God. The cleansing happens, you know why? Because there's a discerning that is happening over there. The living word of God and goes deep inside your deep most part and says, you know, this is what your intention was behind that act. We are just not looking at the act. We are looking at the intention behind the act, and we are looking also at the thoughts that have made that intention possible and the act possible. The thoughts of the intentions. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him, to him to whom we must give what? An account. Therefore, lashes and wounds scur evil and beatings cleanse the inmost parts, is one what one translation says. So it's a cleansing that happens when we have discipline. So it's a cleansing, right? That's what I said. He's visiting us, why? Because he wants to cleanse us. That is the reason why he says, don't forsake the assembling of the saints. If not Physically, then virtually. God has given us this 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 um, virtual reality and this and, and this and this possibility that we can. Doesn't matter which part of the world you are from and whatever time uh time frame you are in. This is what what we what we want to do. We want to examine our hearts in the light of God's word and say, Lord, cleanse me deep down. Cleanse my motives. Cleanse my intentions. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart. Why? Because man's thoughts were what intentions and imaginations were what evil continually from his youth. And God says, my spirit will not contend with man forever. So he's giving us this time. It's an acceptable time for us. So that we can allow him to examine our hearts and cleanse us. What an amazing blessing, right? What an amazing blessing for all of us as believers. So, 2013 says, Proverbs 20, 30, the lashes and wounds scur evil or cleanse away evil and beatings go to the inmost parts and become a part of us. Then, 29, 15, Proverbs. Look, this is powerful. Blows, sorry, the rod and rebuke give, what? Wisdom. But a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Now, uh, let me tell you something. All of us left to ourselves. What will happen to us? Do we automatically choose God? No. Left to ourselves we will do anything. But not choose God. But choose God. That is the reason why Jeremiah says, Lord it is not in man too. Ah, to keep his way right. It is not in man. Left to ourselves, boss, we are going to hell. That is our trajectory, finally. And what we do in the process, we bring disgrace. You know, that's what parents are. No? If I don't make you study now, tomorrow, they will ask you, what is your son? Disgrace to me. Especially in India, we are all a shame-based culture. You know what my bro- my son is doing? Engineer model. Big engineer is working for software company, not software, sorry, software, software company. <laughs> okay, software company. US, Apple, Google, Microsoft, MIT, Stanford. Why? That is what we, see, that is exactly, you know, God also has the same. Uh, what do you say? Desire. Each of us, he wants to be a trophy. Have you seen my servant Joe? He wants to display us to the entire world, the entire universe and entire fallen angels. He wants to display us. And he wants also wants to display to his angels also. That angels also are trying to get wisdom from the church, Baba. He wants to display us as 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 as, uh, as trophies, and therefore, you know what? See, it it's amazing, right? If my daughter does well, boy, and think about it, no? If for example, just giving an, giving an example. If for, let's say uh, Abigail gets admission into Princeton, one of my dreams dream destinations, okay? Okay, Princeton University, and she gets a, a, her I twenty an acceptance letter. And she sends it to me and she gives it to me and she says, dad, 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 look at my acceptance letter from Princeton. I've been accepted with a scholarship. What will I think? Thank God. It's not going to be difficult for her to get married now. Will I say that? Thank God she can make a living. Will I say that? You know what? It was worth it. All my sacrifice, all my labor, all my visiting her in her math base was, she's my trophy. No, God wants to display every one of you as a trophy. Do we have a desire? Test my son, Job. Test him, Baba. None like him. Does Job honor you, honor God for nothing? Take away all this. Yes, of course, he visited Job also. And after he cleansed and purged Job, now look at Job. Can you touch him, Satan? No way. Now I know. This guy is a true guy. He can be displayed as a trophy. That is the reason why it says, the world was not worthy of them. And one day, God is gonna display His trophies. That is the reason why, as stars differ in glory, so will be my saints. He's gonna display us as trophies. What does star mean? That will become a chukka in the heavens, no? So come in, there'll be like trophies shining for God. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. Thank you, Sam. Those who are wise shall shine like brightness of the firmament and those who turn many to righteousness like stars forever and ever. Like stars. Like, you know, that's what medals are, right? Glory. Look at the medal bag. Medal, my medal compartment. My medal compartment. My trophy compartment. That's what Roger Federer will say. Look at all the grand slams. Useless, ultimately. With all the trophies, he was a leper. Who? Naman. And they don't realize with all these grand slams, he's a... Leper, and one day you know what God will take us, leprous people, whom He has cleansed, and through whom He has wrought glory for Himself, and He's going to take us into His trophy compartment, and He's going to display it to the entire world. This is my trophy compartment. These are my people. Okay, so is it good for God now to visit us? Amen. Thank God for that. Now, finally, verse, uh, Proverbs chapter twenty-three, verses thirteen to fourteen. Proverbs twenty-three, verses thirteen to fourteen. Do not withhold, I I deliberately put this in this order because I want to get a message across. Okay, Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish them with a rod, they will not die. On the other hand, if you do not punish him with a rod, he will die eternally. You will save his son from all? You shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell. Now why does God punish us? Ultimately, I want you to spend time with me in eternity. I want you to be with me in heaven. It scares us. It brings us back. That's a good thing, right? Death. So it is very important for us to be visited by God. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 18. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 18. Chasten your son while there Ah Ah-ha-ha-ha. Chasten your son while there is hope. And do not set your heart on his destruction. That is the reason why he is chastening us. There is hope now. In the death, who will give? In the grave, can anybody give thanks to God? That's what David says. Can anybody give praises to God from the grave? No. As long as you are here and alive, there is hope. Once this window is closed, there is no hope. It is appointed for man to die once, and then there is judgment. While there is hope, he wants to chasten us. Thank God, no? Thank God when we are chastened by the Lord. That is the reason why he says, "When you are some, some, of, you, some of you have been chastened, therefore many of you are weak, many of you is ill, many of you have fallen asleep. You have died before your time. Let us not die before our time. Let's allow God to visit us while there is hope. Why? Why is this important? Why is this important? Proverbs chapter 29 verse 1. 29 verse 1. 29 verse 1. He who is reproved. Is it what? 29 verse 1? Yeah. He who is often rebuked and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed and that Without rem- What an amazing warning to all of us. He's sending rebukes after rebukes. Chastisement after chastisement. God- Pharaoh is hardening and hardening and hardening and hardening. Finally, he still hardens his heart and he's running after God's people and God says, now, finished, I'm gonna get glory to myself. Even through this. What am I gonna do? I'm gonna break your neck. Completely. Without redemption anymore. That is the reason why he says in Psalm 32, don't have to do that. Don't don't be like the horse and the mule have to be dragged. Look at this attitude, no? Exodus chapter 13 verse 13. 13, 13. We know this very well as a church. I'm sure we've heard it in different contexts, but every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a Lamb and if you will not redeem it, what you shall do it? You should break it. Why? This fellow stubborn. Are we irredeemable? Is a question we need to ask. Why is it important? Why is the rod of correction important for us as as believers? Why is it important? Why is it important for a rod of correction to be to, to is, uh, for, for uh, as believers? Turn to Hebrews chapter four and verse twelve onwards. We know this very well, and I'm going to read. I'm going to. I'm going to. uh, Sorry, uh, Hebrews chapter ten, chapter twelve. Sorry, Hebrews chapter twelve, verse four onwards. Not four verse twelve onwards. Hebrews chapter twelve, verse four onwards. Okay, you have not yet resisted to bloodshed against, uh, striving against sin. Go on. First five. For you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by Him, for whom the Lord loves. And we know, we studied that, we understood that. And scourges every son whom he receives. Next verse. Verse 8. If you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, you are what? You know, illegitimate? The Telugu word is very, very powerful. The word in Telugu is, you are of the wrong seed. We are all born of the seed of the word of God. You are of the wrong seed. You are of the father, the devil. All my children will be taught of the Lord and whoever is taught of the Lord will come to me. And you are not coming to me. You know why? Because you are not born of God. Matthew chapter 13 verses 28 onwards. This is the parable of the wheat and the tares. Matthew 13, was 28 onwards. But if you are, sorry, 28, uh, 13, 13. Matthew 13, was 28 onwards. He said to, the, said to them, this is the, uh, the servants, that is the angels will ask Jesus, who are these people, the tares? They, and who has done this? The enemy has done this. The servant said to him, do you want us then to go and gather them up? You know what God says? He says, no. What does it mean? Don't go and gather. In other words, leave them alone. Right? Till what? Harvest. What is the harvest? End of the age. And he's going to send his angels from four corners of the world to find all the people who are the wheat and the tares and he's going to separate them then. So how do we know that we are wheat or we are the tare? How do we know as believers? Simply, If we are not of the wrong seed, then we are being chastened by the law. If we are of the wrong seed, we are left alone. It's a very, very tough truth to handle, my dear brothers and sisters. If you are left alone by God, you know, it says it's a very horrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. If you are left alone, to your own ways, Thank God. That is the reason why He is a father to us. Thank God for fathers, no? Thank God for fathers who really take the place of the father in our lives and starts disciplining us. Thank God for shepherds. You know, there's a that you see uh, in our school. No, we 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 have a very uh, very strict requirement on. We expect a lot from our instructors. What we expect from instructors is that you take responsibility for the child. And see what is wrong with everything, any, every department of the child. Be a holistic, make it a holistic thing. No? And you have to have the passion to do that no? for a child. Otherwise, you just come for a salary. You see, when I went to university, teaching was my passion. I didn't do it for a salary. I used to, I used to handle the entire course myself, one course which is like 250 students. From the lectures to the lab. To the assignments. Everything. Correction of the papers. Everything I used to handle. Because I was passionate about it. Simply because, and I wanted my students to enjoy what they're doing. So I used to go to the lab, sit with them, do the circuits with them, do everything with them. And I used to take responsibility. I am responsible for you. And I'm interested, I'm visiting you because I want to, be, I'm interested in perfection in your life. I want to, I want to have you, I want you to have a holistic experience. So tomorrow if the ch- university would not even give, give me a salary, I would still do it. You know why? Because I, I'm passionate, because I never did it for, for a salary. That is the that's the difference between a shepherd and a hireling. You see? That's that's exactly the reason why you know we were discussing yesterday in Numbers chapter twenty seven. You don't have to turn there. Moses says, "Lord, after I'm gone, I want a guy who's a shepherd to Israel, who will walk in and out, who will go for them in war, and who will really, really be with them. Who will shepherd them? Who will not be a hireling? No, men of God, servants of God are not hired. Okay, once they're appointed, they're never fired." You know, many churches they will hire then fire the pastor. It is not gonna happen that way. That is not true, genuine, that is that is hireling business. And what does the hiring do? When he sees trouble coming, he'll run for his life. In other words, he will he is not interested in the well-being of the child. You see? I don't want to be like that, no? So this is important for us. That is the reason why Paul tells in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14 onwards. He's like tough with them, no? he's like laying it on them, no? And he says, I did not write, I do not write these things to shame you. But as my beloved children, I warn you. For though you might have 10,000 teachers or instructors in Christ, they're all in Christ by the way, they're not just ordinary teachers, they're instructors in Christ, yet you do not have what? Many fathers, for in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. You know what he's saying? See, there are so many Tastic teachers in the on the internet, there are so many teachers, but none of them have a responsibility for your soul. They'll say, "Okay, fine, you can see, take it or leave it." But why is a church important? Why is shepherding important? Because we are responsible for your soul. That is the reason why he says Hebrews: those who are over you are worthy of double honor, and when they're serving you, let it not be a grief to them. You know, because they watch over your souls, and they have to do what? Give an account. And how many of the teachers on the on the on the on the internet can give account for your soul? No, no, not, not many. They just teach and go. But shepherds have to give an account. You, we need to ask ourselves, you no, know, as as men of God, as as as, as 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 teachers of the word of God, like one of the things that we I mean I always get exhorted, do you really have a shepherd's heart? Shepherd meaning what? He wants to go in and out. So, one thing is to be a shepherd. Second, verse 16. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me. Okay? For this reason, what did I do? I sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord. So, there is a father and there is a son. Now, Paul is a father and he had so many people who were very close to him and he had very few sons. And then he wrote Timothy because you know why? The epistles to Timothy, the two epistles, one of the most powerful, beautiful pastoral epistles upon which the entire doctrine of the church and the running of the church stands is because Paul had a son in Timothy whom he could mentor. So it's not just important for us to say, you know what, I need a father. Are we ready to be a son? Elisha <laughs> said, my father, my father, the chariots of God. And the horsemen thereof. But he was a true son of Elijah. And Eli- Eli- Elisha also had another fellow. He also said, my father, my father. But was he a true son? No. How many times should I uh, hit it? One, two, three. E- enough? You should have done it three or six or seven times till you destroyed the entire enemy. That's what we tell, no? 100 problems it is. Why, why do you think I brought this math piece? I said, Abigail, I'm going to type my assignment. and I'm going to send it to you. And you're going to do it as homework. You have a lot of time on your hand. You're shut in. You're quarantined. So, I got her math piece, so I'm going to type out in my afternoon time. You see? How many times? Three, four, six times, seven times, eight times. Do it until you get it, boss. Oh, don't, don't call me father, father and not do it. Why do you call me father, father? Why do you call me Lord, 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 Lord and do not do the things that I ask you to do? What's the whole point? Three times. How many times should I do it? Three times enough? Hum, I should do another time. That's what I, that, That's exactly what that fellow said. Father, father, the chariots of God and the horsemen thereof. One, two, three, enough, enough. You know, that's a remarkable thing, no? How this Elisha does it? You know what he says? Take this. Take this bow. Okay? Open the east window. You know how he makes him shoot? Come here, Peter. I'll show you. Turn this way. Imagine that I'm Elisha. Okay? He is that king. He's saying, hold it, hold it, okay? Hold it like this. Hold it. Okay? Shoot now. Literally, Elisha puts his hand on the king like this. And he says, come on, shoot now. Empowers him. That's exactly what teaching does. Come on, I'm going to be with you. Shoot now, come on. Learn to shoot, learn to shoot properly. Learn to shoot. Strike the ground now. I learned. I taught you to shoot, strike the ground now. How many times should I strike? What Elisha, he wanted the best for his, which father will come and do this Baba? Sit with you and make you practice and make you practice and make you practice. And finally you say, how many times should I do it? How many times should I come to his church? How many times should I do it? Every day I study. When you... Until you come to a point where coming to a Bible study, if you don't think that coming to a Bible study, your life is dependent upon it, you will never come to the Bible study. You know, I tell children when I, when they come to my, come to me for studies, right? How do you study? How do I, how should I study? You should study as if your life is dependent upon it. Then, Means really focus, complete attention should come there. As if your life is dependent upon it. So, God is a father, but does he have sons? Is the question. So if you are a, if you are a son, you know what? You will be happy when he is visiting you. I will visit the iniquities of my sons with stripes, but my loving kindness, I will never depart. Thank God for that. So what is the end result? Let's go back now to Amos chapter 3. Amos chapter 3. I promise you, and I'm not going to end very fast today. I've got lots, lots to go. Okay. Amos chapter 3. Ultimately, why is God doing that? Chapter 3. Can two, verse 3 onwards. Verse 3 onwards. Can two walk together unless they are agreed? We'll just stop there. Just stop there. Can two walk together unless they are agreed? God is perfect. God doesn't have to change. Thank God, He doesn't have to change. If a God is constantly changing, we are having a problem. You know, I, I remember that we have a problem. You know, I remember that beautiful example that uh, Ravi has gave. Truth is by na- by default what objective we cannot change. Truth is absolutely something which cannot change. He says, he says, just just imagine there is a traffic. Uh, Intersection over there and there is a, there's a signal over there. There's a pole on which the signals is, the red and green and the, and the yellow is there. Okay. And the pole is there, right there. And you come to a halt at the traffic signal and the red light comes. Okay. If you feel that the pole is drawing close to you, what do you do intuitively? You slam the brakes even more hard. Right? Because you're saying, okay my goodness, I'm, I'm, I'm just crossing, I'm shooting the light, so you slam the brakes hard so that you'll stop, you'll bring the car to a stop. Now just imagine if the pole is moving and you're stopping. What is hope for you? If truth moves, where is hope for you? If the reference point is gone, what is right and what is wrong? If God is constantly changing, who do? That is precisely the reason why we have a generation which do not know his left hand from his right hand. That's exactly what God God tells Jonah about Nineveh. They do not know what is right and what is wrong. What is sin and what is not sin. Why? Because they have changed. They have called, called darkness light. They have called light darkness. That is the generation that we are living in. And God is saying, you know what? I cannot change. I will not change. That is my nature. See, that is God. God says, I cannot change, but I am a God who will visit you so that you can become like me and so that we can walk together. That's the whole idea. I can't change. Don't ask me to change. That's exactly the reason why. Why, do we, why are we so tough from the pulpit? Even if we are erring, we are always erring on the side of safety. You know why? Because we don't want to conjure up and define a God which is out of our own imagination. Gods of this world can change. Tomorrow he can say one thing, and tomorrow he can say another thing. But our truth cannot change, and we have to conform to him. And our truth is always going to confront you. It'll contradict you. See, that is the reason why in every relationship, the relationship—why, when, when, when do relationships uh, 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 become really active and and healthy? When we deal with controversies. If there's controversy, that is the reason you know God says, "I have a controversy with my people. If you walk contrary to me, I will walk what contrary." That's exactly what He tells in Leviticus chapter 26. See what hap- what is happening with busy changing God so they can fit us? No, God says, "I cannot be changed. I am a God who will not change. I will not repent." That's exactly what He told Balaam. What do you think? That he, I'm a son of man that I should repent and lie, change my mind? Sorry, I can't. I don't do that. So, what is he saying? Agree with me. You agree with me. That is the Greek word symphoneo. From which we get the word symphony. Symphony is beautiful. I mean you symphony when a cappella is a symphony. Can I call it a symphony? Acapella is mildly. Okay, a cappella is a cappella is like four people different singing different parts. How beautiful it sounds. You don't need music. You don't need any accompaniment. Right? When, you, when people are singing parts, do we need accompaniment? No! <laughs> that is all accompaniment. That is only a prop. God says, symphonize with me. If you don't have symphony, you have what? Cacophony. Cacophony is the bard. And he says, tie him up please. Till he knows how to sing in tune. (laughs) That's exactly what, you know, a lot of uh, uh, worship leaders or people who are, uh, who are like, uh, who are conductors of uh, different big orchestras. When one fellow is going out of tune, you should see his face expression. Uh, And you know what he's actually trying to do? He does his face like this, hoping that his face expression will change the tune. And bring it back to stead instead. Uh, That means... At least and then, then oh yeah, yeah, yeah I'm I'm doing the wrong thing, no? And then he starts doing it the right way. He says, agree with me. I am the one who's conducting the whole thing over here. And if the conductor is doing a lot kinds of different different things, what will happen to the music, Baba? Can you imagine? Why do we pay through our nose to go to a to a, go to a concert and pay through our nose to listen to Itzhak Perman? Why? Because you know what we like. Because deep down inside of our heart, we have this yearning that we have to symphonize with the Creator. That is the reason why he says you are God's what? Workmanship. What is workmanship? Poem, poema. He's writing music. He's writing. Uh, he's writing. He's writing. Uh, 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 uh. What do you call that, Mozart? What does he call it? What do you call all those things? No, No. no, no. He is writing what, what do you, music, he is writing music, like, you know, what is he writing? He's writing a music, he's writing a musical note so that he can sing along with us. So we have to agree with him. Can two walk together unless they are what? Agreed? Let me explain this to you with an example, what it means in different levels. First, just an example here. Matthew chapter 5 verse 21 onwards. You have heard that it was said, those of old, you shall not murder. Whoever murders will be in danger of judgment. But I say to you, that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause, shall be... Thank you, Peter. can yes do this. <laughs> we are all learning how to... <laughs> Sneeze also. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Peter. Okay. Uh, and I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. Whoever says to his brother, "Raka," empty head, in other words, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, "You fool," will be in danger of hellfire. Now, this is essentially what you're doing. You're judging your brother. It's like a, you have a animosity or something. This is essentially uh, you cannot agree. There's some kind of a disagreement with the brother. Okay. There's one level. Which you can, which you can understand this verse. Look at what it, what it goes. And suddenly, it shifts the narrative. Look at what he says. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and then remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar, go your way, first be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Till here, you say, "Okay, fine. That means I should be reconciled to my brother, have, unless and until I am reconciled to my brother." God is not going to accept my offering, etc., etc., etc. Which is right, which is not wrong. That's a fantastic interpretation. But look at how he takes it a little higher. Everybody agree with the who? Who's your adversary? No. Okay. Quickly. While you are on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge, and judge hand you over to the prison, and you be thrown into the prison, assuredly I say to you, you will by no means get out of there, till you have paid the last penny. Now, think about it. He's comparing it with your relationship, with your who? With your brother. And then he says, until you pay the last penny, Unless you agree with who? He says it's like this, no? You have to agree with your brother, meaning there's some kind of a disagreement. Come to an agreement. Okay. Do we agree with God in every area? No. If you don't agree with God, what, what what does he do? Ultimately? He will deliver us until we pay the what? Last penny. When will we pay the last penny? When will we finish paying the last penny? You know, one man of God, Trap, his name is, I think, Trap or something. He says, you know what he says? He says, let first, okay, you're showing a your good works, right? First, we'll do one thing. First, you pay for your sins. And then God will pay, pay you back for your good works. How much time will it take for you to pay for your sins? All eternity. First, you pay, finish that eternity, paying for your sins. And then let ask God to create another eternity, so that he can pay you for your good works. If start I mean, it's just imagine if God starts to have a controversy with you. And you, you say, okay, fine, I'll pay you. How much should you pay? You think your good works? See, your relationship with God will directly show your relationship with your brother. You're saying, I want to have a good relationship with God. God saying, You see, there is a disagreement between you and me because you know what? You're not reconciled to your brother, there's something there. There's a controversy. You cannot, you're not forgiving him. You have not forgiven him. There's bitterness in your heart. I forgive you. You want me to extend forgiveness to you, but you are still not reconciled to your brother, right? You have not forgiven him, right? I'll show you this. This Why is this important, my dear brothers and sisters? Turn to Psalm 50. Psalm 50, are you there? Verse 16 onwards what it says. Verse 16 onwards. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you are ahead of me. Okay. <laughs> Don't be ahead of me. Be with me. But to the wicked God says what right have you to do? Have you to declare my statutes or take my covenant in your mouth seeing you hate instruction and cast my words behind you? Next verse. When you saw a thief you consented with him? What you? Agreed with a thief? And you have been a partaker with what? You have agreed with an adulterer. You have given your mouth to evil. You have agreed. See, that is the reason why. Why do we go for why do we say people don't go to movies? I mean, pay through your nose to go to the movie. Why? Whenever you go into a movie, when you paid for it, you're agreeing with it in some level or the other. You cannot say, I have a filter in my brain. Which will only accept the good and take away the bad. Nonsense. Don't give me all that. Like I, I remember I think pastor was talking about Richard Wumran, when Richard Wumran's wife was uh, persuading his, uh, him to go take her to the movie. He said, no, 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 no. And uh, she said, why? It's a very good movie. And you know what he said? If at all there is something in that movie contrary to the scripture, you, I would have paid my money. In, in other words, I would have given my consent to it. I do not want to agree with it. I do not want to put myself in a position where I will agree with this, which is absolutely contrary to the word of God. No, I am a man of God. I cannot do that. What argument can you do with a man of God like that? No wonder he was persecuted. You give your mouth to evil and your tongue frames deceit. And then he says, you sit. And speak against your brother. You slander your own mother's son. These things you have done. And I kept silent. And you thought that I was altogether like you. You have made me in your own image. And I'm not like that. Sorry. 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 I don't change. You agree with me. I don't agree with you. But I will rebuke you. And what will I do? I will set them in order before your eyes. So my dear brothers and sisters, agree with God. Agree. Before it is too late. And if you don't agree with Him, you, you will not be let go off until you have, until you have paid the last penny last penny and do we have the sufficient deep pockets to fill God to fill the fill to to pay God back what can you pay God my dear brothers and sisters your good works your good works God says first let us let us uh, settle the sin account first you pay for your sin first then I'll pay you back for your good works wages of sin is what death. So you know what we have to do? Before we reach that council, we have to do an out-of-court agreement with God. Where we accept that he will pay our price. And when we say, you know what, Lord, I, you have paid the price for me. I have accepted your gift, your salvation as a free gift. Thank God for your mercy. You know what we do? We also start extending mercy to others. Otherwise, you know what God will say? Until you are paid the last penny. You'll not be let go of. And that is the reason why, you know what, one of the psalmists will say, Lord, if you should mark iniquities, who can stand before you? And there is what? Judgment. So that you may be, there there is mercy with you so that you may be what? Feared. There's mercy so that, can you find that verse if you don't mind? I just want to, I, I just forget, forget that verse. Just give me, give me two minutes. I like that verse. I'm not, not able to get it off uh, at, at the top of my head. 140, 130 Psalm and verse 4 and 5, I think. Verse uh, 3 and 4. If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who can stand? But there is forgiveness with you so that you may be feared. You see, agree with God, my dear brothers and sisters. Otherwise, you'll have to pay. In other words, there is no salvation apart from a free gift. And if you have accepted the gift from God as a free gift, that's exactly what he tells right in Matthew chapter 18. This fellow owned so much to his master and the master forgave everything. But when he goes, he demands that he should pay. He goes and goes to his servant and he demands that he should pay back. And he puts him in prison. You know what my master says? Take this fellow and put him out. Put him out. Agree. That's what we call as, God has paid the penalty for our sin, right? And accept uh, Luke's gospel chapter 7, verse 27 and 28. This is he of whom it is written, behold, I send my messenger before you, who will prepare your way before you. Actually, 27 onwards, okay? Uh, For I say to you, among those born of women, there is no greater prophet than John the Baptist, but he was least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Let's move on. Let's move on. And when all the people heard him, even the tax collectors, what did they do? They justified God. Having been baptized. You know what he said? Lord, you are right. We, what has justified been? We agree with you, Lord, that we were sinners. Not by our works, but it is your work. And therefore, we go into the waters of baptism. You know what? Whenever we go into the waters of baptism, you know what we are doing? We are saying, Lord, we should have died in your place. But we acknowledge the fact that you took our place. Therefore, we declare that you are just and we agree with you. You are just living. He loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he took my sins far away. Rising, he justified, freed me forever. One day, he's coming back. What? Oh, glorious day! That is how we agree. And what, what happened? Next verse, verse thirteen. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the will of God for themselves, not having been baptized by the baptism of John. And then you know what Jesus says? And then what should I like in this generation? What are they like? They are like children. Wow. Can you can imagine calling Pharisees children? Are you hai re. Can you imagine calling a Pharisee Bhatcha? You're like children. No wonder they hated him calling to one another, saying, we played the flute to you and you did not dance, we moaned to you and you did not weep, and John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say, he's a demon, son of man came eating and drinking, you say, he's a glutton, a wine barber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, but look at this, wisdom is justified by all our children, you see that, I don't want to go into the details, but you know what, agree with him, justified means agreeing, agreeing with God, what is justification means, God has accepted you he has agreed with you, not because of you because of, you believed in his son, and you agreed with his work on the cross. And you believed saying, Lord, you should have died in my place. And I accept that as a free gift. And God says, okay, fine. Now I'll let you go. But now that I left, left, have let it, have let you go, what will you do with your brother? Will you forgive him? Or not? So that is how, what agreement means. Second level of agreement. Which, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 5 onwards. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 onwards. We have time, right? Another few minutes. Okay. Romans chapter 8 verse 5 onwards. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death and to be spiritually minded is life and peace. There's a fleshly mind. So like Pastor was saying, flesh is a state of mind essentially. Spiritually minded is life and peace. And then because the carnal mind is what? Contrary to God. It is enmity with God. It will not agree with God. It cannot submit to the law of God. And therefore what we need is a transformed, renewed, continuously being renewed mind. So that we can start agreeing with God. But the problem is, the mind has an attitude. He has got an attitude man. The mind has an attitude. Ephesians chapter 4. Verses 20, 21 onwards. You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Ephesians chapter 4, sorry. Sorry, Ephesians chapter 4. 421 onwards. Okay. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Beautiful, no? That you put off concerning your former conduct and the, the old man which goes corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the, and I will use a word, spirit of the mind, attitude of the mind, because the at, what, is it, what does it mean? Mind has a mindset. It has a set. Mind set. It is set in a particular way. It has, it has got a point of view. It has got its own opinion. It has got an attitude. It's like, I told you, now, that's Vivekananda. Into the camera. I mean, I can do all that now, because I'm, in the, I'm before the camera. I like acting, by the way. I'm not acting right now, but... <laughs> <laughs> I write my characters well you see what is that? he's got an attitude he's got the Vivekananda pose who are you to tell me who are you to tell me he says be transformed in the attitude and the spirit of your mind because your mind has a spirit it has got an attitude Transform. be transformed there how do we get transformed Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 we know that very well. This is how we agree with God, my dear brothers. That's what we are doing. So first, do not, first, one and two, one and two. One and two. <clears throat> Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in the view of God's mercy. So when you are actually agreed with God's mercy, means you have agreed, right? You agree that He should have died in my place. You have agreed with Him. And now that you have received God's mercy. Offer your bodies as a, a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word transformed. Rupa In Telugu. Rupa antaramu. Rupa plus antaramu. Rupa Savarna dirka sandhi. Okay. Rupa means be transformed. Like it's like a caterpillar and a butterfly. You know that's a that's a that's a that's a, that's a poem we are, we have taught our children in our school. A wormy caterpillar becomes a butterfly. Remember that whenever butterflies flutter by, we transform. Metamorpho. One of the Christian schools in Thrissur. Its name is Metamorpho. Boy, I like that word. So of course, it's been run by a pastor, so he has to name it like that. Metamorpho Learning Center. That means if you come, send send your children there, they'll be transformed. That's the point. (laughs) You see that? Transformed. How do you transform them? By the renewing of your mind. It is not the removal of the mind. Now that is the example so many, and that is the problem, pastors keep saying, that is the problem with many Pentecostals. It is the removal of the mind. It is the renewing of the mind, not the removal of the mind. Until you have the mind of Christ, you start thinking the way God thinks. In other words, you know what? How could Paul write scripture? Boy, look at the autonomy! It is not that Paul agreed with God; God agreed with Paul. Which is better? Which is at the higher level? It's, it's just imagine. I'm, I'm, I'm Pastor James and I. I'm, I'm, I'm the assistant pastor. Pastors, the senior Major. Like, just, just giving you an example. Yeah, uh, I agree with pastor. Uh, big deal. You are the assistant. But he is a senior. You have to agree with him. On the other hand, he says, I agree with Vijay. In other words, if I were preaching in Vijay's place, I would have said the same thing. That is agreement. Paul, he was writing so much of the scripture. You know why? Because God says, I agree with him. I agree! <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? And that is the reason why I'm, 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 I'm baffled with this guy, no? What a guy! And we have the confidence to say, we have the what of Christ? The mind of Christ! Can, I mean, I don't know, can we come to the point in our life, the audacity to say, It is my opinion, but I believe that I am speaking the mind of Christ. Whoa! Boy! And God says, yeah, that's true. Please, I agree. Please write that. That's going to become scripture now. Wow. You see, you think that God is a joy killer. No. That he wants to take away autonomy. No. He wants to transform us so much into his likeness that he wants to begin to agree with us. What do you think, Vijay? What should we do? Can you imagine? Okay, we have a situation here, Vijay. What do you think we should do? Lord, you know No, 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 no. I know. But I just want to see. And, you know, just imagine that guy will say, oh, okay, Lord, I think we should do it this way. Yeah, I agree. That is where he wants to take us to. As when we say, he's going to confront us, good for him to confront us. You know why? Because he wants to transform us into his likeness. And therefore, take every effort, so that you can preserve this relationship. What? Make every effort, so that you can... Preserve this relationship of walking with God. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. Not any, it's a a tremendous privilege. It's a humility of God. He says, I want to walk with you. Can you please walk with me, please? But unfortunately can't change. You have to agree with me. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 onwards. 2nd Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 onwards. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. What is that? Don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Be yoked with who then? With Christ. Take my yoke upon you. And learn. In other words, yoke to Christ means what? Be yoked to people who have Christ in them. So that you can learn. Don't just get yoked to people who are in Christian in name only. Who's your friend? Mary. But she could be very contrary. Just because she is Mary, doesn't mean that she agrees with God. No. Yoked. Find yourselves. People who can challenge you. Who are at a higher spiritual level than you. Deuteronomy chapter 22 verse 10. 22, not 32, 22, 22, <clears> 10. <throat> what does it say? Thou shall not, it's not, it uh, uh, hasn't come sir. Add it. You shall not plow an ox and a donkey together. Who doesn't agree? Donkey, ah. Uh. Ishmael is a wild donkey of a man. And first of all, God has to reject Ishmael and create an Isaac. We all have an Ishmael in us. Donkeys, we are a wild donkey accustomed to the wind. It says in uh, in Jeremiah. a wild donkey. The word accustomed is disciplined to the wind. It is disciplined to do the wrong thing. <laughs> that is also discipline. <laughs> a disciplined to do the wrong thing. Can an Ethiopian change his color or a labor t- take away spots? Can you do good who are disciplined to do evil? You are disciplined, you are set in your ways. Think about it. Donkeys only can agree with donkeys. No, 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 they don't. They are going in two different directions. That is the reason why Ishmael says he's a wild donkey of a man. Everybody's hand is against him and his hand against everybody. Donkeys don't agree with anybody. They want to be independent. Autonomous beings. Autonomous donkeys. Let's go back. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse fourteen. Don't be unequally yoked. In other words, it's interesting, right? Don't be unequally yoked. That means you cannot equalize it. <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> And, and, and therefore he says, he's going to give a, he made a statement. What is the statement? Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And then he gives reasons as to why should you not do that. First, what fellowship righteousness has with lawlessness? Nothing. It's a rhetorical question. In other words, there cannot be any fellowship between righteousness and lawlessness. If you are righteous, you are not lawless. If you are lawless, you cannot be righteous. And what is God doing in us? Through the teaching of the word of God, he is taking away the lawlessness in us. Turn to Romans chapter 6, please. Romans chapter (coughs) 6. Excuse me. Verse 20, sorry, uh, verse, uh, verse 19 onwards, 19 onwards, I'm sp- I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh, word just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness leading to, oh, you see, you are becoming more. That is the reason why he who is unrighteous, let him be unrighteous still. He was dece. You are deceiving and you are being deceived. Both are happening simultaneously. You cannot deceive others, and you think that you can. We are walking not in deception. You are also being deceived. It's unbelievable. You think people when you gossip about people, do you think people are not gossiping about you? If that is not true, then there's a that, there's an inexorable law in the universe. It's called the law of sowing and reaping. If you sow slander, I don't know what you're reaping. If you, slow, unbelief, if you sow unbelief. you you so whatever it is. Lawlessness leading to more lawlessness. So now present your members as slaves of righteousness leading for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. That means you were not even concerned about righteousness. You were free to do evil. As I said. You are free in lawlessness. Whatever that lawlessness was. Whatever that freedom was. Next. Next verse. What, the, what it was the fruit? Verse 22. The end of those things is dead. But now having been set free from sin, you have become slaves of God and you have fruit to holiness. What is holiness? Separation. The end is everlasting life. Go back to Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. What agreement, what fellowship has righteousness with God? What communion has light with what? Darkness. Can, can light and darkness? No, the thing is, what happens is, light has to dispel darkness. Okay, darkness should not overcome the light. No, no, light has to dispel darkness. Therefore, they cannot agree. Again, give me that argument. Next one. Next verse. Verse fifteen. What accord? As I said, can you accord with God? Christ with Belial. Belial. What is Christ with Belial? I'll show you. Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 13 onwards. Who is Belial, I'll tell you. Uh, If it is there um, in the KJV, is okay, no problem. Corrupt men. You know what that word corrupt means? Belial. Sons of Belial. Belial have gone out from among you and entice the inhabitants of the city saying, let us go and serve other gods which you have not known. What, what do they do? They entice you away from fellowship with God. They, ent- they take you away. That's exactly the reason why it says the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. Those are the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. If that is the co- that is your focus in your life, you know what happened? What has happened? You have become a partaker of Belize because they are worthless things. Sons of Belize means worthless these are all worthless idols. That is the reason why Jonah has to say, "Those who pursue out of after worthless idols, what, what do they do? They forsake their own steadfast love, their own mercy." Sons of Belial, what a cord. That means, boss, if Christ is, if He is not taking me to God, I do not want to go there. That's a worthless thing. Idols. Next, go back, verse fifteen uh, of. Uh, of first, second Corinthians chapter 6. Or what part has an unbeliever with an unbeliever? Believer? No! And what agreement has a temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God as he said. I dwell in them and I walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be but. What does God want you to want to do as I said? I want you, I want to walk among you. So create a tabernacle according to the specifications that I have shown you so that I can come and dwell among you. Therefore you need a Bethseller in your life who will create a tabernacle in your heart, in your life so that God can come and make his presence felt there and he can be comfortable there. You know what happens? If that place is not according to the specifications of God and if God comes destroy Destroy. That is the reason why Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter six, you don't have and seven. He says, if you if this is a temple of the living God, if you do not honor this temple of the living God, God will what destroy it. Why the presence of God is there, and it is not in it, it's not been it's not been prepared according to my specifications. When I come there, I am going to fall on you, and you'll die. That is exactly the reason why he says, you know what, Moses, you go there. I will send an angel. If I come, these fellows are stiff-necked people. And if I come and dwell among them, I will fall on them and kill them. But he says, no, Lord, no, Lord, no, Lord, no, Lord. Please, Lord, please, Lord, you come. Then he says, okay, fine. You want me to come? Then you have to make, prepare a tabernacle according to my specific. And you read the book of Deuteronomy. After the tabernacle, he says, according to the pattern shown in the, in the Holy Mount, Moses did everything according to that. And Bezalel did everything according to what Moses commanded him. And then he says, "Finally, the children of Israel finished the tabernacle according to the pattern shown to them, so that God can come and dwell in their midst." That is the reason why we agree with Him. We don't. He doesn't agree with us. He will only agree with us when we have become like Him. Otherwise, what will be our problem? What will happen? Amos chapter 3 now, verse 4. This is rhetorical questions. Can two walk together unless they are agreed? Answer is no. (laughs) In other words, change the statement. Two cannot walk together unless they are agreed. And therefore, I have to agree with God. Thank you very much. Does a lion roar in the thicket when he has no prey? Answer, no. In other words, the lion simply will not roar. Okay, it will roar to scare first, so that it can get a prey. And after that, that, that is the reason why the word is Hege in the in the in the Hebrew Hege, You know, oh, it says, "Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the sea of the counsel, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in His law doth he." Meditate. You know what the word meditate means? Hege. Means like a lion on its prey, you're gnawing and growling and eating it. Lions don't eat normally. Have you seen? That is the reason why it's called a pride. What is it called? Pride. It's jealous for its name. So when it's eating its prey, it's growling and eating it. And all the bunch of lions come together and eat it. And the fellow, the master fellow will come and chase all the other fellows and eat it first. The male, the females do the hard work and the male comes in. <laughs> okay. But you see, it's they, they, and then he says, next verse. Next verse. Uh Sorry. Yeah. No, uh, no. Verse 4 only. Uh, the, the previous verse. Two lions. Will a young lion cry out of his den if he has caught nothing? No. You know what God is telling? I'm roaring. I caught you. I trapped you in your homes. What are you going to do? I was the one who trapped you. Not the government. I'm getting your attention. He's telling the a choice. I'm getting your attention, my dear brothers and sisters. Jesus is saying, I'm getting your attention, children. I'm getting your attention. I want to be, I want to give you attention. In order to give you attention, I am getting your attention. By doing what? By roaring. What is this roaring? Sending a coronavirus. Look at the next verse. Verse 5. Will a bird fall into a snare on the earth where there is no trap? In other words, I have set a trap for you. I trapped you. And if you go out, you will be spanked and sent back in. (laughs) Right, Russian? (laughs) And the the police going to spank you. And, and send you back. In will a snare spring up from the earth if it has caught nothing at all? Snare, spring up from the earth, trap? No, put. When will the trap say put? Remember when we put rat traps on our attic, and when it said tap, what happened? Ah, that's chindi, I caught it. God is saying, I caught you. Then he says, if a trumpet is blown in a city, will not the people be afraid? And then this is the Katarnak thing, no? The icing on the cake. If there is calamity in a city, will not the Lord have done it? Adadam Visham. But thank God we have been warned. By what? By who? Amos chapter 3 verse 7. Surely the Lord will do nothing until he has revealed his secret to his servants, the prophets. You know what? We've been warned for the time like this. Thank God as a church. So what is genuine prophetic ministry? Genuine prophetic ministry is something which will not take you away from God. Which will warn you about who God really is. He will warn you. And we need to take warning my dear brothers and sisters. As I close. I want to, I want to show a very very interesting uh, episode. In 2nd Kings chapter 22 verses 16 to 22. And we will stop. Actually, uh, chapter sixty, uh, chapter, yeah, 2nd Kings chapter, oh sorry, not 2nd Kings, 1st Kings, chapter 22, 1st Kings chapter 22 and verse uh, 4, 1st verse 4 and then, and you know this very well. I'm not teaching anything new by the way, all this I've learned, I've been taught, I also taught. So everything together, mix karke I've done it ka. So it says, so said, uh, so he said to Jehoshaphat, will you go with me to fight at Ramoth Gilead, Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. This is one king who is agreeing with. This is a ridiculous alignment. And because of this, he brings the sin of Israel into Judah. Let's move on. And you know that, right? Can you go, will you go with me to battle? And then uh, he says, "Okay, let us inquire of the prophet of the Lord." And all the prophets are prophesying. Yeah, go to Ramoth Gilead, and you'll get it. And you know, Jehoshaphat said, "Can we can do we find another man of God over here, of whom we can inquire?" And you know what? Uh, Ahab says, "Yes, there is another man of God, but he always prophesies bad things about me." And that means <laughs> I can't agree with him. Both, I feel sad. I when I him. And you know what, Jehoshaphat said, please, 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 don't say like that. Let us call him. And Micaiah comes and, you know, they call Micaiah and everybody says, oh, Micaiah, everybody saying this, you also say that. No, he says, no, whatever the Lord says, I will say. Verse 16. So the king said to him, how many times shall I make you swear that you tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? <laughs> now, first Micaiah comes and says, yeah, yeah, yeah go, 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 Ramad Giliya, right? You go, you are going to win, Baba. And they have nose deep down inside of our heart. Then verse 17 is powerful. Then he said, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains as a sheep which do not have a shepherd. Thank God for us, right? Thank God for us. So many churches have sheep without shepherd wandering. Even if they have so-called pastors, they're not pastors, they're hirelings, many of them. Sorry to say. It's just a, a fact. It's a fact. And the Lord, I mean, pastor's conference happens, right? I, I'm not saying, I'm taking out names. because we, I know it's so difficult. I've seen sort of some some pastors who have not changed over the years. they same old, same old, same old. Even sarcasm they don't get it. Unfortunate. They sit in their ways. That's what they. That's what he says. They're disciplined in the wrong way. Now, when you are disciplined in the wrong way, train up a child in the ways of the Lord when he is ah young, when he is very very tender. Mm. Otherwise, you'll become like Ahab. You know what is right, but you don't have the power to keep it, and therefore, you want lies. To be spoken. You want lies to be spoken into your life. It is not that you don't know what is true and what is false. No, 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 no. You want lies to be spoken into your life. You want it. You have lost the ability to change. Because you have not agreed with God when you were tender. I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that do not have a shepherd. And the Lord said, these have... No master, let each return to his own house. And then look at this, this is the next verse. It's poof, scary, scary. The king said to, king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, did I not tell you he would not prophesy good concerning me, but evil? But what are you doing? Didn't you know that God, when he sends rebuke into your life, is visiting you? He is paying attention to you so that he can set your ways right? But you don't want to change. You're bent upon your ways. What will happen if you don't go to work? Sit down. Reconcile. Get reconciled with God. Agree with Him. What will happen? What will happen if you don't walk for a few days? What will happen? And sit at home and agree with God. Why are you bent upon your ways? Why are you bent upon evil? Verse 19, Micaiah said, therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne. You see, there is, that's like, I remember this beautiful example a pastor taught us some, some, time, times back. There was a courtroom on the earth. What was a courtroom on the earth? Full of false prophets and one false, uh, one true prophet. Full of you know what false prophets are saying? Zachariah will come and say, you go to Ramad Gilead, you will conquer it like this. Brother, you are filled with the right, you are the righteousness of God. There's a courtroom on earth which is justifying you. But there's a courtroom in heaven which is calling you a false. You are not justified in the courtroom of God. You're found wanting in the balances of God. And because you refuse to accept the truth about yourself, what will God send into your life according to Second Thessalonians as we heard? A strong delusion. God has given you over to a lie now. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the host of heaven standing by on the right and on his left. And you know, this is what I like here is God is asking Look at the next verse. The Lord said, who will persuade Ahab to go up that he may fall to Ramoth Gilead? What is your, what are your options? Can I have, uh, can I ask the host of heaven over here? Can do what, what kind of options do we have? Should we send an angel and slaughter all his army? No, then maybe he'll repent. Uh, should we send a pestilence among him? No, pestilence. He may be the chances that he might repent. The point is, he will not even repent. He is bent upon his ways. And then a spirit came forward, stood before the Lord, and said, "I will persuade him." In other words, he wants him to go to battle and die. It's like you know, sons of Eli. The prophet comes and prophesies against the son of sons of Eli. It says, the decree of God was that he should destroy them. Now nothing's going to change. The Lord said to him, in what way? So he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of his prophets. And the Lord said, you shall go persuade him and also prevail. Go out and do so. Sad. You know, what happens is, I, I, I mean, the story is so pathetic, right? He still understands that this is true, but he's still bent upon going to war. He's bent upon his ways. And then he tries to camouflage himself. He wants to beat God. Can you beat God? No way. True prophetic ministry, my dear brothers and sisters, will make you agree with God. And if you don't agree with God and if we are bent upon our ways, if we keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of truth, there will be no more warnings. And therefore, when God sends us warnings, let us humble ourselves. Let us take the prophetic word. Let us begin to agree with him. The lion has rode. Amos chapter 3 verse 8. Final challenge. I love this. You know, this is the ultimate word, no? Lion has rode. Who is that lion? God. Will you not fear? The Lord has spoken. Who can but prophesy? Several days left for this. And pastor, pastor was saying, let us come out as a stronger church through this time of crisis. And therefore, Amos chapter three, verse one, will say, "Of you, you only have I known of all the families of the earth." And therefore, I was two. Amos chapter three, verse two: "You only have I known of all the families of the earth." Therefore, I will let's re, let's remove the word punish. I will pay attention to you for all your. Iniquities. Let us re, re, remove that word punish and I will, we will read it as I will pay attention to you. Okay. This is God saying, you, let's re, all read it together. You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will give attention to you for your iniquities. And you say, Lord, come Lord, I'm attentive. Come Lord Jesus. Come, Lord, let us be like Samuel. We say, Lord, come. Yes, Lord, hear, O Lord. uh, Speak, Lord, your servant is willing to hear. Speak, Lord, for your servant is willing to hear. Speak, Lord, for your servant is willing to agree with you. Let that be our prayer. Father, we just commit ourselves once again into your hands, O Lord. We want to set our lives in order, Lord. We want to bring everything. We want to set everything in order. Father, we want to agree with you. Challenge us this morning, O Lord, that we will come to a point in our lives so transformed into the likeness of your son that you will say, I agree with my son. My child over there, I agree with him. What he says is truth. Ultimately, our words will become your words. Because we will be so in line with the word of God and with the truth of God and with the person of Jesus Christ and with the spirit of God. So in accord with him that we will truly be the extension of you. That when we act, you act. When we speak, you speak. That's what you told your disciples. Whoever sins, you are forgiven. You have forgiven. It will be forgiven them whoever sends you withhold, they will be withheld. Because we have come to complete agreement with you in every area of our lives. Challenge us to that and we pray. Yes, Lord, it is a long process. But Lord, speak, Lord, for your servant. We are your servants. We are hearing speak to us. Continue to speak to us a lot. Don't stop speaking to us a lot. Even through the m- evening meeting with, when pastor comes and shares the word. Pray Lord Jesus that you grant us all that attentive viewers that we will not leave this presence until we have heard from you. Speak Lord. Don't pass us by. We thank you. We praise you. For in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.